Hey everyone, Anil here from Live, Breathe, Believe. Looking forward to our next session together. Hope you're all keeping safe. I know that uh, there still continue to be some uh, challenging times around us, especially in the absence of sport, live sport. I know the Bundesliga kicked off this past weekend, which is great. Started getting people together, although quite weird to watch uh, football on TV and not see a single fan in the stadium. But that is the new norm, and it's absolutely grateful to have uh, at least football back on pitch, which is uh, already a step in the right direction. In the absence of sport, um, I've been watching, and I just finished watching The Last Dance, the documentary on Michael Jordan. And I know all of you, or most of you that have seen it, have absolutely loved it. Uh, I, I think that it's inspired me, it's motivated me in ways, it's opened up uh, memories from the past. Uh, I think that uh, Michael Jordan is an absolutely amazing athlete, amazing basketball player. He is the greatest of all time. And uh, I actually have to say, I was a bit fortunate to meet him briefly and shake his hand last summer in June. And so to look at that photograph of a group of us together with him and actually look at that documentary now, it's, it's, it's pretty surreal. Do you know, basketball has always been a struggle for me. Um, I'm going to come back to here in a minute, but I'm actually not the biggest fan of the NBA in terms of watching live games. Maybe if it's a clutch game, absolutely. But if it's not a clutch game, I might go, yeah, not really keen. Still more of a football, NFL kind of guy. But ironically, basketball was the only sport I played on a, on a team basis. Uh, and funny enough, I was Rudy. Some of you might be wondering, wait, who's Rudy? What does that mean? So Rudy is a movie from the U.S. back in the, I think it was either, I think it was in the 80s. Rudy was that little guy who they wanted, who wanted to play American football and uh, in high school. And he was that little guy who was a bit of a nerd. He was the weakling. He was picked on by everyone. But uh, he, he really couldn't actually play the game. And they finally put him in the game. And obviously he makes the clutch play and everyone's cheering for him. And they're like, yeah, go Rudy. Okay, well, I didn't make the clutch score, the winning score when I played basketball. Uh, but I was that guy who you put in, you're like cheering for him, like, come on, give Anil the ball, you know, you know, let him, let him score a basket. I could not score a basket to save my life. So I was that guy who in eighth grade back in, wow, 1992 would be attending, you know, practice, doing the suicide drills, playing horse, shooting my free throws. But when it came to those games, those two or three that I played in, I still remember the game against Silver Lake. We were crushing them. We were up, I think like 50 to 15 and everyone's like give the ball to Anil and they would pass the ball to me and I try to you know shoot a shoot a jump shot or a layup and I couldn't do it so I was the guy that was like oh I'll, I'll use one of the tools that my, my coach taught me which is distract the player so I started like every the guy I was guarding I would start to distract him and chat with him and see how he was doing and even the referee was like what are you doing man and I'm like oh I'm just you know, in the absence of being able to score a basket I'm just gonna like distract the guys and, and play D and it was cool that the Monday after the game, uh, I saw the stats and I was like, okay, zero for scores, but hey, I got some rebounds, I got some steals. So hey, you chalk up the stats that you can. Um, and, and funny enough as well, my dad, when he knew that I started playing basketball, he was quite proud and he bought a basketball hoop for me. And I remember being surprised coming home, I think it was for my 15th birthday, and there he was, or not him, he had hired somebody to actually install the basketball hoop above our garage, something that's kind of classic in the U.S. And uh, that allowed me to invite friends over to play basketball, to be outside, to not be watching TV, not be that couch potato that I once was, and shoot some hoops and, and try to perfect my game. The first score, the first basket that I made in 
a team basketball game was during my MBA in Milan when I was playing with my boy Talati uh, and Ed in Milan uh, at uh, Bacconi at a basketball tournament, and that was it. So hey, at least I scored my basket, job done, moving on. Uh, but you know, so even though I'm not a massive NBA fan, and I know that sounds crazy for those of you that are big NBA fans, I still love the insights and inspiration that you get from athletes, from sports, from events. The inspiration that you get, the motivation you get, what you witness is uncanny. It's a big reason why I love Nike. I think we find stories and we share them. Quotes from athletes, sentiments on pitch, off pitch. I still appreciate that today. And I find that you know mainstream media and entertainment icons play a huge role and influence you know kids and teens and adults of all ages. But at the same time, I don't feel that they they really unlock potential and really inspire you know, people in a certain way that athletes can. And that's, I find that incredibly special. Uh, you know, last week I had to deliver a plan alongside my team. And it was a, it was a, it was a goal that we had set and a message that we had to deliver with, with positivity and ambition. And, you know, but as a team, we knew that we, there's a stark reality that we had to face. And it was finding that balance of, you know, positivity and credibility and delivering a real message, you know, but at the same time trying to inspire and set people up, you know, to find certainty in periods of uncertainty. And on the back of that delivery, my manager sent me a video of MJ from The Last Dance. It's about a two and a half, three minute clip. And I've watched it multiple times. And I think the second or third time I watched it, I actually got kind of emotional because things that he said really kind of stuck with me, you know, both good and bad. And I ended up sharing that clip with a few folks because I found it really powerful and deep. And ironically, a few friends came back and they asked me, hey, what do you think? You know, do you think that he's a great leader? Do you think that he's got a growth mindset? Uh, and, and what I wanted to do is I just wanted to share some of the thoughts that came to mind to me with you and always open to hearing your thoughts. If you agree, disagree, think what you think about Michael Jordan and uh, what you felt and, about The Last Dance and how he was not only an athlete, not only a player, the greatest of all time, but also, you know, was he a team player or was he kind of looking out for himself? So a few things that he said. So he said, I want to say five things that stuck with me and, and a couple things I want to share on it. So the first, he said that, hey, winning and leadership have a price. You know, he found himself pulling people along when they didn't want to be pulled along or when they didn't want to be challenged. So in my head, I'm thinking that's interesting because that's, that happens every day. You know, sometimes people need to line up behind a common purpose. You know, is it to have fun? Is it to be the best team? Is it to develop and grow together? And so some may say that definition of winning is open to interpretation, but others say, well, it's quite black and white. You either win or you lose. And I feel that Michael was probably telling a bit more about, hey, he wanted to win. And that does have a price. And leadership has that price. And in order to get people to that, to that finish line, to that victory, there are certain sacrifices that have to be made along the way. And I think that's the, that's the balance that we all have to strike. What are you going to toss aside or what are you going to gain along the way on your path to victory? The second thought that he shared that stuck with me is he mentioned that teammates came after him. They didn't endure what he had to endure. You know, it's only after listening to that a few times that that stuck with me. I was like, wait a minute. Wow, he's saying that people are coming after him. He's looking after himself. 
there are two ways of looking at it. I think looking after yourself is absolutely important because if you're not in the right frame of mind, in the right physicality, you're not going to be set up to help your team and really take them forward. So you have to almost strike the balance of you're going to endure failure potentially with a group, but if you're injured or if you experience pain or heartbreak or loss, you know, that's, that's going to stick with you. On the flip side, your teammates can't come after you per se. You have to make sure that you're bringing them along the journey, that they, you, you know, they're, they're, you know the, the, the old school quote, there's no I in team. Yeah, but, you know, how do you make sure that you're able to be the best team player and find the balance of looking after yourself? So for me, not to look black or white, but I would say it makes sense why he says that teammates came after him. He was on a mission and he had to develop himself, focus on himself to bring them along the way. But again, what does he lose along the way? And how does he strike the right balance so he doesn't lose people while he's trying to bring them on? The third was living a certain standard and no less. And he wouldn't ask others to do things that he himself wouldn't do. He went into the depths himself and he owns up to it. This is, this is quite challenging, quite, quite interesting, because I think there are certain leaders out there that may not have done the role that their team have done. There may be CEOs out there, directors out there who may not have done that. I've not done that. If I'm honest with you, the role that I have currently uh, as a sales director, my last role in this role, I've never was an account executive. So I never had to do and deal with some of the challenges that members of my team and my peers have to deal with. And that's, that comes with the sense of understanding, okay, that means I'll have to do my part to, to do things that, you know, I need to do things that I can't expect that they will do things um, for me if they don't see that I wouldn't do things for them. And what does that mean? I think it's a matter of finding that right balance of, you know, how far do you need to go to do something before you're able to push someone to, to do that or go beyond. I think when it comes to athletics, it could be considered quite straightforward. Hey, I need you to run 10 miles. I'm going to run 10 miles with you. Thumbs up. But when it comes to corporate, you know, it might be, hey, I need you to do that order entry. Well, I've not done it, but I need you to do it. And I need you to do it in the best way possible and make sure that we don't find any issues. And that, that trust comes with them knowing that I will support them and go beyond other ways to push us both forward together. So it's an interesting one, if you ask me. The fourth point that stuck out with me was he said he really wasn't a nice guy. He was maybe considered a tyrant. Well, he then kind of almost points the finger and goes, well, that means you've never won anything. And if you want to win and be part of a win, then that's what it takes. I think it's interesting. I think he acknowledging that he may could be a tyrant is a fair one. I think that awareness is important. I think what's interesting more though is he knows what he's doing with it. He's actually trying to, again, pull and push his team along with him. And if you look at them celebrating that clip, you know, you know, it's tough to celebrate a win if you don't actually, if you're incapable of appreciating the hard work, all the, 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 the blood, sweat, and tears that went into actually achieving that win. So I do feel that it's fair on one side. Is it right that he's a tyrant? Probably not. He's a teammate. Uh, he's not the coach. He's not the, the owner. But at the same time, he's on the floor with the guys, you know, trying to push them on in order to be great, in order to win, because you want to savor that win. So it's finding that balance again of, you know, when are you a tyrant and 
when do you want to push your teammates to be part of a win versus, you know, you all share that loss. That loss is not one, but also that win is shared by all. The fifth point, you know, he kind of said, you know, you don't have to do it. This is how I did it. That's my mentality. You know, if you don't want to play that way, then don't play that way. It's, it's interesting. I think that a leader has a struggle. You know, one, I think being a leader is incredibly lonely. You know, I, I remember speaking to an old um, CRO, chief retail officer, and I asked him, you know, is it lonely at the top? You know, what, wh- who do you reach out to when you hit a wall or you have an emotional moment or you feel weak, or you feel like you're, you're doubting yourself? And he told me, he's like, well, you know, there aren't very many avenues because it's quite lonely at the top. You don't know who you can trust, who you can open up to, who won't use what you share with them against you. And I think that's kind of the, the, the interesting thing. I think that's what brings me to my second point on that is I don't think it has to be lonely on top. I think if you bring a teammate or teammates together or friends or family with you and they're able to understand what you're trying to go through and what you're trying to achieve and they want to be part of that win, you won't be lonely. In fact, it'll be very fulfilling and you'll have partners around you. You know, MJ had his security guard who, you know, I think his name was Gus, you know, who he kind of, at one point I was waiting, I'm like, is he going to say it? And he did. He's like, you know, Gus kind of turned out to be like his father. You know, after his father passed away, Gus was with him at every single game. And when Gus wasn't there, he almost felt his, 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 uh, his absence. So, you know, whether it's a teammate, whether it's a coach, whether it's a, 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 a partner, whether it's a family member, you know, don't be lonely at the top. You know, find a way to open up because life is short. There's no need to be lonely in your drive to be an amazing leader, achieve the win, and achieve success. So if I go back to the example I shared briefly, you know, that delivery that I had to do with that team, I think it's really important that I find a way that my manager, that my peers, we all find a way that we set out the right goal, that we set it out with the right tone, the right information, the right positivity, so that we can work together as a team, buy into it, and really face that stark reality, those challenges together, knowing that we, we have it within us to unlock massive potential. We may not control all the variables, but what we do control is ourselves, our attitudes, and how we want to embrace that challenge and how we move forward together. So on a final note, a couple of thoughts for you. Number one, what inspires you? Are you inspired by entertainment icons, by athletics, athletes, sporting events, by a family member, a peer, you know, what, what inspires you? You know, what do you think about in a moment of doubt that gives you motivation and inspiration to kind of be the best version of yourself and to take yourself further? The second thought is, how do you bring people along the way? How do you bring people along the journey? Are you someone who kind of drags them along, challenges them when they're not ready to be challenged? Or are you someone that sets that definition of success together and then you bring them along the way? Acknowledging that there may be things that they've done that you've not done and vice versa, but collectively, you're much stronger as a unit. Thank you all for listening. It was great to share this with you. I, I'm, I'm gutted that uh, the last dance is over, but uh, it doesn't mean I can't watch it again. I probably will. Maybe I'll, in the process, find new insights on MJ or other members of his team who all inspired me, whether it was Rodman, whether it was Pippen, whether it was Phil Jackson. I mean, if you look at Phil Jackson's record as a coach who's taken teams to NBA Finals and won NBA Finals, man, unbelievable, unreal. Um, so thank you all for listening. 
Uh, feel free to subscribe to Live, Breathe, Believe on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. And until we meet next time, take care and big hugs.